Hey, welcome once more, and greetings from Elfie's World, the place where we try to bring you a little fun, pique your interest, and maybe even give you the opportunity to learn a thing or two about history. I am so glad that you're with us today. Makes this very special. My name is Elfie Wolfram, and I hope you enjoy our presentation. Now, today, we're presenting another program from our collection of stories entitled Elfie's Amazing But True Tales. Now, these are true stories, which, well, they've often been either totally overlooked or, or sometimes eh, not given quite the attention they deserve by those who record the histories of time. Now, we'll leave it to you to decide why they've been neglected. Now, this program, number eight in our weekly series, is entitled Celebrity Hangman. So, kick back, relax, and enjoy. In 1870, Erie County in the state of New York was growing by leaps and bounds. Located on the east end of Lake Erie, it was the home to Buffalo, one of the largest cities in the United States. Now, with its unprecedented growth came an explosion of almost every crime and vice imaginable. And nowhere, nowhere in Buffalo was crime worse than the Canal District. And of all the dastardly lawbreakers to call this area home, none was more notorious uh, or more inept than John Gaffney. From 1863 to 1870, he had been in one scrape after another. It seems if he wasn't shooting or beating up someone, he was robbing them. Unfortunately for Mr. Gaffney, he was always caught because of his total ineptitude in almost every one of his criminal endeavors. Now, it seemed as though his favorite pastime was shooting at people. In 1870, he shot at a minstrel singer on a Buffalo Street corner merely because he didn't like the tune being sung. Then, later that year, he ended up shooting himself in the leg while attempting to fire at a man on a passing riverboat steamboat. In early 1872, Gaffney even made the bad choice of firing his gun on a policeman who was attempting to serve him legal papers. <laughs> As one might expect, he finally went too far. On May 7, 1872, John Gaffney shot and killed one Patrick Fahey. Now, both Gaffney and Fahey were well, they were well known throughout the area as being troublemakers. Though he was small, Gaffney was very strong and everyone looked upon him as one of the toughest men around. As for Fahey, well, he called himself a sailor by trade. Actually, he was nothing more than a lazy thief who lived off his aging parents. 
His favorite pastime was brawling for the fun of it. As for Gaffney, well, it finally appeared as though he was going to settle down. With three children by a previous marriage, he had remarried for a second time to a very cute young gal. He even began to operate the Metropolitan Concert Saloon, which was located on Washington Avenue between Seneca and Carroll Streets in the Canal District. As it so happened, just a week before, Fahey had stopped by the saloon and started a brawl, which not only wrecked the place, but drove away many of the paying customers. Now, John Gaffney was not a man to forget an affront to his honor or to his wallet. The son of a local lady of the streets who never knew his father, he was notorious for not letting any injury go by without seeking repayment in kind. On the day of the shooting, Gaffney was playing cards with his brother-in-law and a few others when in strolled Fahey. Almost immediately, Gaffney accused Fahey of busting up his saloon. Well, not being one to back down, Fahey responded with a few well-chosen, unprintable words of his own. That was all the provocation that John Gaffney needed. He grabbed a revolver and tried to strike Fahey with it. When Fahey retreated toward the door, Gaffney began to fire. Not once, not twice, but three times. The third shot brought Fahey down, leaving him mortally wounded in the street. Upon hearing the shots, two police officers rushed to the scene and found Fahey face down in the gutter, groaning and bleeding to death. Now, if the uh, truth be known, the officers were probably relieved to see what fate had befallen Fahey. Just, uh, just recently, he had been released from jail for robbing the Hospital of the Sisters of Charity. Well, reluctantly, however, they did their job and arrested the luckless John Gaffney. <laughs> Almost immediately, all of the witnesses seemed to vanish. However, after a thorough sweep of the area, most were rounded up. But miraculously, when they were cross-examined, no one seemed to have seen anything, including the red-headed Irish tough guy who had handed John Gaffney the gun which had been used in the shooting. The bartender claimed to be asleep when it happened. Everyone else claimed to have seen nothing or been too drunk. They didn't even remember the quarrel. All that is, except for the passing itinerant minstrel actor who Gaffney had coincidentally shot just a few years before. As he told the court, he was standing outside. 
He then went on to detail the entire shooting. No one seemed to be concerned about the fact that much of his testimony didn't exactly fit to what was actually known to have happened. Now, it took the jury no time at all to convict poor John Gaffney, who was then sentenced to be hanged. There were numerous appeals, even a petition to the governor, but sadly for Gaffney, to no avail. But that didn't stop Gaffney's wife and friends. When legal appeals failed, they started sending petitions to the governor, the Common Council, 100 members of the Board of Supervisors, and the Board of Trade. They even petitioned every member of the jury. But it all ended with the same result. Everyone, everyone turned them down. After a priest administered the Sacrament of Confirmation and the Last Rites, Gaffney appeared to go crazy. Unfortunately, he did a bad job of going insane. His rantings about chicken disputes, which cockfights were called in those days, were intermingled with lucid pleas for clemency. The local paper even joined in the dispute as to whether he should be hanged. After a one-week reprieve, a second jury ruled that he was indeed sane and fit to be hanged. And so, on February 14, 1873, the morning of the hanging, he was visited by his wife and children. He made his son promise, quote, You will not drink any spiritus liquors. You will not play cards. You will not swear and never break the Sabbath. You will go to church and Sunday school, and you will not be out nights and keep bad company as Papa has done. Finally, finally, it was time for the hanging. But there was still one last problem. There was no hangman. No one could be found who would agree to pull the trapdoor lever sending John Gaffney to the hereafter. What was to be done? Who finally stepped forward and acted as hangman for John Gaffney? Well, now it just so happened that Erie County had a newly elected sheriff nicknamed Big Steve, who had run on the campaign of cleaning up the Canal District. So, when it came time to hang poor John Gaffney, and no hangman could be found, who did they turn to? That's right, none other than the Erie County Sheriff, Big Steve. And so, poor John Gaffney was swiftly dispatched to the great beyond. But 
whatever happened to Big Steve? Well, our hangman went on to become mayor of the city of Buffalo, New York, exposing much of the city's rampant corruption. In 1882, he became governor of the state of New York, using his power to wage a successful fight against the Tammany Hall political machine, even though it was that machine which had gotten him elected. Within two years, he was off to bigger and better things. In 1884, Big Steve, a popular nickname for Grover Cleveland, was elected our 22nd and later our 24th President of the United States. Unquestionably, no other president before or since could ever lay claim to bragging rights to having been an official hangman. Now, do you think it was part of his resume when he ran for the office of the President of the United States? Uh, no, probably not. It is, however, amazing and uncomfortably true. Well, there you have it. It's been program number eight, Celebrity Hangman, as part of our weekly series entitled Elfie's Amazing But True Tales. Now, every week we'll be presenting for your enjoyment and edification a brand new audio story from our collection of Amazing But True Tales from History. Now, some of these stories come from our book entitled Elfie's Amazing But True Tales of American History and More. As a listener to this program, you are entitled to purchase autographed copies of our original book, Elfie's Amazing But True Tales of American History and More, at half the publisher's list price of $13.95 or a mere $7 per book. And that includes shipping and handling. For more information, merely go to elfiesworld.com. That's A-L-F-Y-S-W-O-R-L-D, elfiesworld.com. Then click on Elfie the Writer for more information. And now, I would like to thank the following for helping to make this program possible. First, Garrett Wolfram, our technical producer and supervisor. The late Irene Wolfram principal editor and provider of Sage Council. Expert publishing for their help in editing and publishing our book. Lucas Ganza Anna Waltz for the Parlor Guitar Magic Set. Herbert Bolin for his Piano Mood Happy Four. Ninad Simic for Piano Transition. And finally, the thousands of readers who have supported our efforts from the beginning. Once again, hey, thank you so much for joining us. It's been great having you here. And we hope you'll be with us again next week for another exciting adventure of Elfie's Amazing But True Tales. Till next time, remember, 
Not only can the reading and studying of history be fun and exciting, but also by the studying of the past, we can sometimes get an insight into our future. This is Elfie Wolfram reminding you to stay well and stay safe.